Nolan. Mr. George Webb hot off an interview with Dr. McCullough last week. And uh, if you like George's work, in the description will be his Twitter, his website, Neighborhood News Studio, as well as a link to buy all of his books, which I believe you just put off screen. Do you have them with you, George? I do. Um, I'm not doing so much. I'm sorry if I'm too loud. Uh, with Neighborhood News Studio these days, they got their server stolen. <laughs> but I'm, I am, I am um, doing a lot of stuff or taken or whatever. Um, I am doing a lot of stuff with Eddie Eds. And so we're writing these books about citizen journalism. This is our first one called Citizen Journalism and Public Intelligence. You can ADDY, ADDS. It's really easy to remember. And this is our, oops, everything's upside down on television. Uh, this is our book about Savelle Edmonds, FBI whistleblower. She wears no yellow badge about vaccine badges in Florida. This is before this book and this woman really swung Ron DeSantis over to kind of being the front man. Really? Uh, yeah, this is before DeSantis had gotten on the train. And I wasn't really on the train either. I just wrote the book with Eddie and five or six others, citizen journalists. So it's... But now that DeSantis is there and it's the election, why not tell people the story of how it happened? I got another book coming out about this book called Tragedy and Hope. And it's this is a summary book, 300 and some odd page summary book of a 1,400 page summary book. And mine's only 33 pages, 32, 32 pages. You'll want mine versus the others. Yeah. For short attention span, people like myself. Have you ever thought about lots of uh, pictures as well? Lots of pictures. Yeah. Have you ever thought about uh, narrating them, or just even just reading them? Even not even if it wasn't officially on Audible, just reading them. I I did a couple of books that way. I did uh, uh, Blackberries from Hell. I did, and um, a lot of people said, "George, I like you so much better on radio." You know, <laughs> they said, "No, I'm kidding. I'm joking. That was a face made for radio." You know, but. No, uh, how do it? No, actually, my the one strength I have, I think, as far as the audiovisual arts go, is probably in the voice area. Yeah. Um, and uh, so I, I will probably do that and even read the audiobooks if there's a demand. So this last book, uh, all these books, you know, are fairly you know, media over a hundred pages. This one's more like 45, 50, because it was, it was just more of like an issue. Uh, but the other one I just did rock Island virus is around 150, 160 pages. So, so getting there. Um, but, um, we, uh, you know, I, I always want to see if there's a demand before, you know, writing another 150 page book, especially with new books. And it just came up yesterday in this book. And somebody said, would you write a treatment for it? I said, sure, I will. But I'm only going to write 32 pages. And we're only going to sell the first three chapters to see if somebody buys it or not. Okay. Fair <laughs> so, enough. yeah. And then we'll make it really cheap. And then you can see if you want it or not. So, there you go. Fair enough. Now, um, and yeah, I'll put the links to all that good stuff in the description. And how dare they say you have a face made for radio? You have a beautiful <laughs> face, George, and I won't hear anything else other than that. Um, Done. <laughs> so for today's episode, um, why don't we just jump on into it and take it away? Just the idea of, I mean, it's a term I vaguely, vaguely remember from biology. Because, I mean, we're coming up on 10 years since I graduated, so I certainly have some cobwe cobwebs on those uh, 
those neuron connections, but uh, exosomes. Yeah, exosomes could be, I call it God's first quick quill pen. It could have been how God decided to write the first chapters of the book of life. It could be that these are vesicles in embedded in a, in a phospholipid, right, or in a lipid membrane with RNA inside, and they're messengers. Does that sound like anything else that might be getting injected in people's arms right now? It could be very well. This is cell-to-cell communication. This isn't intracellular. So there's mRNA that's intracellular that goes from the nucleus to the little machines, little protein machines in your cytosol to make stuff. But this is actually stuff that exits, not the endosomes inside the cell, but these things leave the cell. And they go to other cells around them and they communicate messages. So this is why I say this might be God's quill pen. Maybe his hand got a little tired as he was writing the, the, you know, the whole biome. And then he went to more of a, like a, a ballpoint pen with DNA. Hmm. Something that, that, you know, stood the heat and cold a little bit better, not as fragile as mRNA. But if you look at mRNA, it mirrors exosomes. Same sort of thing. It's an enclosure, a bilipid enclosure with mRNA in there. Could be that it's just basically a imitation, uh, an artificial Im- imitation of something that was already observed. And why that is important is because of what Dr. McCullough was saying. Um, throw a little light here. Sorry, I didn't mean to be in the dark. Uh, but <clears throat> what he said about a couple of things, long COVID, um, what he said about um, various other things that have gone wrong with the uh, vaccination, myocarditis. He described, if you will, here's your two hands, okay? Uh, this is sort of the size of your heart. Um, it used to be, uh, and he's a cardiologist, remember, a clinical cardiologist who actually sees patients, um, that we used to think 90% of the cells in the heart were called myocytes. These are the things that do the pulling and the contracting, okay, in the heart. It turns out that he said in our last interview that only 30% of the cells in the heart are myocytes. The rest, 70%, are called parasites. You think about on the periphery or like a periscope, P-E-R-I, that supply ready energy uh, and that also provide the structure to make sure that the heart's pushing the blood in the right way. And these are the cells that are receiving some kind of messages from the mRNA vaccine that are causing scarring. These big scars, 15% scarring, 25% scarring. People are eligible for a ventricular device or atrial fibrillation. A cyst device if it's over 15%. He said there's all kinds of scarring going on here. So is it the exosomes, right, in trying to, and, and one of the key areas for exosomes to communicate to their neighbors is an area of building arteries, veins and arteries. And the lymphatic system also uses this to say, hey, we need to join hands here and cross link here. We need some sulfide bridges here. We need to get some cysteines together uh, and, and, and create some uh, vasculature here. Um, and when that, when, when that goes haywire, Right, and now uh, the messages should be: Hey, we should all be myocytes pumping together, like like people rowing together in the crew, or we should be like the people supporting the crew, 
making sure they have enough water and, and energy to, you know, uh, to, to, to do their job. And when those cells receive wacky signals to be a blood cell, and then they just die off or, you know, uh, there's some kind of cell death there, and then they create the scarring. That's really, really super bad because what's happening is it's deteriorating the, the structure around the heart, maybe making the cell walls uh, thinner. So you blow out like a bike tire. Once you blow up a hole in these areas, you don't get a second no. chance. You know, the aorta gets torn. You're dead in it's, like a minute. Yeah, it's a game over. So, yeah, so so that's why this is so important, looking at these exosomes. And the telltale, follow the patents, as Dr. David Martin says, there'd be another good guy to get for you, Tommy. I think I've tried um, to get him. Oh, we just say you got McCullough, and then you get... I think, I've, I think, <laughs> I've, I think I've used that before. Some people just, it's just, they're just not interested, or they just don't get my emails, or they just don't care. Some, <laughs> I, I, just, I, I do believe I've tried to get him before. Oh, Okay. Well, you've got Dr. Malone so many times. You know, he's the kingfish of all of them. I, well, Dr. McCullough is also very prominent. Um, but but you get the point here is that this is maybe decoding what's going wrong with all of these vaccines. Long COVID is another thing he mentioned. And sorry, I didn't mean to make a lecture out of this, but long COVID is another idea where if all of a sudden stress hormones or something, G proteins sit on top of a cell and they cause a triggering of a kinase for all those people who love their biology and biochemistry. And that creates, that awakens the cell. And now all of a sudden it starts sending exosomes again where it wasn't before. This is how something can be dormant and then triggered by stress hormones or triggered by excess sugar in your diet or triggered by not enough exercise or whatever. These are the highest risk factors for, uh, for long COVID. And it, the beautiful thing about the, uh, I, I'm, I was criticized for asking so many questions what? and not, not react. Why would you not ask questions if you get a chance with Dr. McC why would you not ask the grand wizard? Why would you well, not ask him I, for his wisdom? <laughs> You're a good point. But I wasn't going, wow, that's a really great comment. I wasn't reacting because I was rushing to ask the next no, question. No, even I then, that's not a problem. It's you have X amount of time. You can always, right. like we're doing, like you did, you can finish the episode and then look over it at your own leisure and digest yeah. it. But if you've got, what, we had 60 minutes with him, plus all of, 50, you know. 52 minutes. Yeah, not even. And then, you know, all, yeah. you know, and then I'm running my stupid mouth, introducing, like, that, and then he's answering. So you've got, I mean, what, you've got half that? You've got 26 minutes to ask your Ask your questions, right? You that was good stuff. He yeah. he he uh, ran the table. He's a on, on, encyclopedia. It's it's yeah. almost scary. It's almost terrifying. <laughs> if he wasn't such like a loving, in wise individual, it's almost terrifying. The way he just stares at you and just start like, re it's like he's re. It's like it's like he's got a projector and the words are on your face. He's just citing studies from a month ago and from a twenty one years ago. And you're well, like, and what I, are you? I understand some of the things, uh, you know, that he might be talking about medically because that's a story sort of, and you can remember methods of action, mechanisms of action. That's how, that's easy to easier to remember. But the names, yeah. you know, Chow, Landrich, and yeah. Holstein, yeah. you know, are yeah. the, what the three that, authors. What God's <laughs> name? Like, which makes it all the sweeter when people try to like say he's a he's a kook. It's like, do you want to get in the, it's like getting in the ring with Mike Tyson. Like, do you be my guest? 
Like I'll, I'll put the fight together. I'll be Don King. I'll, I'll, I'll bring the microphone down from over me. I mean, God bless your soul. But McCall's gonna he's gonna go full. Yeah, he's like he's gonna Evander Holyfield you or whatever. He's gonna he's gonna yeah. bite your ear off. Like God bless Mike Tyson would be the. I, I, I would go in there. I mean, you get the million dollars for the punch, and you may or may not survive. But Mike yeah. Tyson for a million dollars, I wouldn't go in because no. it may be the last time you ever see daylight. I don't you know, know if I mean, a million dollars um, would be worth like the retina replacement you need. <laughs> Like, you know? Yeah, or or you may never eat solid food again. Yeah, something. I mean that's not going to cover the <laughs> medical bills that you need for the rest of your life. I don't know how much does a caretaker cost for for twelve months? I mean, God bless, but I mean, whatever. Do the math. Do yeah. the math. Yeah. yeah. Well, and and he just was like he said, study after study after study after study. He went through, and so I thought I'd just pick out three of them today, which you know the remdesivir thing. Uh, was something that he talked about. And then he tweeted it out about Remdesivir after we had uh, uh, the show. And I think it was another Glenn Davis or some other person, I believe, that also touched on that topic. But long COVID is a real mystery right now. And so is this myocarditis. And we know there's an action with the parasites, right? The parasites. So not parasites, but parasites. So why wouldn't it be the normal messaging that those uh, receive in the heart, mainly during fetal development. A lot of times these growth factors are mostly present during uh, that period, but you could study that and then you could come up with an mRNA analog to that and that or accidentally through your mRNA dividing up and fractionating, you may be sending signals that you didn't intend to send, smaller or shorter peptides all over the body. And so this is the great quest. This is the great exosome quest. Now you throw in the Dr. David Martin thing, which is follow the patents, or Reinhard Fulmer, or these other guys who follow the patents. I, I did some research and had some great researchers come up with the fact that the, the company that did the lab, the leaky lab, in, bio, uh, uh, in Wuhan, BioMario, and they did three labs that they lost. All right, why isn't anybody looking for those? You know, these are BSL-3 labs. The same guy who was responsible for putting those labs there, leaky labs and mobile labs we lose, is the same guy who is the key beneficiary, Stephen Bansell, for Moderna. So he has the patent for this exosome technology. BioMario has the patent. So the natural. And guess what he then does after he leaves China and the leaky labs? He has the artificial imitation of mm-hmm. the natural so he's got both ends covered here and 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 anytime i see that kind of that's too coincidental he has the most to gain from leaky labs and mobile labs we lose and he has and he has gained a, a tremendous amount so that's that's where i'm at with exosomes when i see red flags like that with people trying to bury things and cover things up i say that's where i need to hone in so what would be the the bigger implications of of the mRNA? Would it be that it was then does I, I, I get what you're saying, right? It's not intracellular; it's intercellular, meaning it's not like within states; it's it's between states. It's there. It's uh, or like biology, like the idea of like horizontal gene transfer, where it doesn't necessarily need to be through successive generations, but there's like vectors and got vesicles and all sorts of weird stuff that goes sideways chronologically sideways 
what is the what is the what is the 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 big not to say that's not important but what's the big importance is it that it was knowingly designed to do this or is it that this is a cover-up is it or is that beyond the scope of 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 what you're talking about no it's it's right on the money i I think it's both of those things it's 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 a way of choosing by emulating exosomes the natural cell-to-cell communication it's a way of choosing winners and losers you could give people the good messages that have a good credit score, for instance, um, let them have the good vaccine or the good food or the good water or whatever, the good air, uh, and then do harm with the bad or just withhold uh, the essential the messaging that's needed. Um, I, I am not saying that's the design here of the mRNA vaccines. I just see a tremendous uh, overlap between exosomes and the mRNA when you, once you put them inside a vesicle, right? They call them EVs or extracellular vesicles. Um, and that's what the vaccine is when it goes in your body. And that's what the exosomes are. And see, exosomes are really important for cancer too, because if I think I'm a cross linker and I'm going to make a hard artery and I break away from my friends, and then I go to the liver where I'm filtered, or I go to the pancreas where I'm, I'm filtered, and then I, I get there and I start sending out the messages, hey, we need to make a, a hard artery here, now that creates a tumor. So this is the messaging, same messaging when it goes awry that creates tumors, cancer. And this is the idea of metastasis. So this is the idea of reversing cancer. There's a, a doctor um, who owns the LA Lakers, um, I call him Dr. Sing Song because I can't remember his name. I think it's, uh, he, he, but he was going to be the cancer czar for Trump. He had a proposal to be the, the cancer czar. And what does he work with? Exosomes. Um, the other uh, area where if you have a transplant, you know that if you don't have a complete blood match of the person who you're getting the, uh, the organ from, your own body will attack that organ called HLA compatibility matrix, the um, leukocyte antigen, uh, hemoglobin leukocyte antigen matrix. But but the idea is if we could send a message to that organ and say, hey, stop fighting this, send a message to the immune system, don't don't attack this organ. It could be a way of, of reducing immunosuppressants, which sometimes it really hurt people. Chemotherapy, reduce that of usage. This Dr. Sing Song is doing that as well. The guy owns the LA Lakers. So this is the next great frontier. I, I believe this research in exosomes has been going on for 70 years or maybe 75, ever since the nuclear age. Why? Because the if you take any kind of gamma radiation, and put a petri dish with human tissue or human cells or any kind of uh, uh, cells, mammalian cells, plant cells, it will screw up the DNA. Mm-hmm. And what comes off of the DNA are these little exosomes. And I know Cloutier, the guy who's running the war in Ukraine, I know his father did this at Oak Ridge National Laboratories. So I know they've been studying ex- exosomes a long time. The big problem with exosomes is they're small. They're only 100 nanometers, the same size as coronavirus. Hmm. Interesting. Um, and they're hard to isolate. So you have to use ultra centrifugation, centrifugation uh, to separate them out. But you have to do the same thing for coronavirus. Yeah. So 
but it's an exciting thing. It could be that we've had a stealth human exosome project for the last 20 years. Nobody's told us about it. I find it very difficult to believe if they isolated it or at least saw it with the first, let's say, electron microscopes 30 years ago. It'd be hard for me to believe they didn't know that they carried mRNA or RNA at that time. And I think there has been a kind of a DOD uh, DARPA type project here. And that's why Moderna comes out of nowhere, never made a product, mm -hmm. and all of a sudden we're going to do 200 million vaccines out of the chute, and now what are they up to a billion? A lot, anyway. So, a lot to think about, but there's some, there's some questions that can be answered here. Uh, to, play, to play devil's advocate, could it be possible that there was a stealth project and this was just the biggest like human trial ever and it maybe it was intentional maybe the the release of covid was intentional maybe it's unintentional but i mean it's like it's a window to write it's like project for new american century it's like absent a cataclysmic event in downtown manhattan and then like a year later the world trade center gets hit and it's like well you know time to take this old uh patriot act off the off the shelf and dust it up all that shit's written years before by the way anyone listening all this stuff's pre-written. It's in the book Raven Rock. All this legislation's pre-written. They're just waiting for a time to use it. They're just they take it, sign it in, and I mean, literally, Eisenhower, Eisenhower, like used to have like um like mock documents that when they would run drills, they would use the mock document. You know, it'd be like watermark, like you know, this is not real. But I mean, Kennedy would talk about when they would run drills, he would get the same mock documents, and almost like checking out a book when you're a kid. Before him, you could see Dwight's signature. He, he would write Jack Kennedy after him. It would be LBJ. Like, they would use these things. So could it have been? I mean, so regardless, and there are some huge implications to that. Was was it intentional or was it not? But I've tackled that in a million episodes, and that's kind of beyond the scope of what we're doing right now. But let's just say, regardless of intentionality, it could be like, hey, we've been doing this research. We've been dumping. Let's say there is a stealth exosome project. We've been doing this research. This is, you know, it's it's like anything that becomes an information technology. It's increasing exponentially, right? It's like the Human Genome Project, like, took 13 years. And after the first seven years, I think we were only 2% through. But by the 13th year, we got 100% through. So it's it's maturing. You got this thing. And all of a sudden, the COVID window could just be like, oh, baby. Like, you know, N equals 7 billion. Like, this is, we're going to get so much data from... And they don't care about death and destruction. Yeah, we'll lose a couple of people, whatever. Could it be that because they're looking at maybe in their minds justifiably, you know, like LeMay could justify killing 50 million Americans if it meant we took out the Soviets. Maybe, and this is all wild speculation, maybe there is some stealth exosome project that we'll all learn about in 100 years. There's a race between us and China for the dominance of like the human genome. Maybe they looked at it and they're like, we got a window, let's do it. Could it be that? I mean, yeah, I know we're uh, just, I know we're flying off into the, you know, the reaches of well, limit now, but there's there's precedent for this, and I I think uh, maybe we'll learn about it in a hundred hours. Um, there's there's precedent for this because we did something very similar with the, with the polio vaccine. Yeah, with the polio vaccine, one, one sixth of the vaccines had all these soft cancer producing viruses, and uh, creating a hundred different viruses, cutter industries. 
it was a shotgun experimentation on, I don't know, I can't remember, 30 million kids got the thing. So 16% of that, 5 million kids, right? This is a far greater uh, test. And Dr. Uh, McCullough also said how it could have been done just through not refrigerating the vaccines enough. You don't refrigerate the vaccines enough, they fractionate, they become not one long peptide, they become two, right? They become two RNA messages. They could go in different directions now when they get put into the body. Now they go do two different things, completely different things. And where they break is probably random. Where they break is probably random. So you get a whole bunch of experimentation, a shotgun experimentation across a whole bunch of people. That's why I think you're seeing such a random set never before seen before of side effects all over the map and places where I anticipated because of blood and filtering and so forth and pancreas and the, and the liver, nothing, he said, or pretty much pretty low. But in the heart and lungs, big time, right? And there are, you, you heard him mention, there are heart proteins. Um, I think it was C.D. Paul Cattrall Paul, uh, told me five different receptors that were going to be in danger in February of 2020. <laughs> and I was like, oh, come on, Paul. And, uh, you know, the, we all know from studying HIV, it's CD4 and CD8 and, and those, but he was saying, oh, no, no, C, CD147. Well, it does turn out now, almost two and a half years later, CD147 is one of those receptors on the heart muscle. And I'm like, wow, that is scary that he knew that back then. And, um, and remember, if I have a length of RNA, I don't need to have the whole thing. If, if it makes a protein with the right uh, part of the, uh, let's say, a spike protein that's in the, uh, the binding domain, uh, the area that basically locks on and kind of where the, the two space shuttles meet, if you will, mm -hmm. that's, the, that's the business end. That's the only part that matters. Anything that happens down here on the arm and so forth doesn't matter about, about cell attachment. So they're just seeing what will attach to what cells. Once they know what attaches to what cells, then they can do what they did with coronavirus. You come in, you put a furring cleavage, that other protein comes off, and now you have the two handholds for cell fusion on the cell rather than just the one. And that's exactly what happened with coronavirus. So could this be just an explosive test? just by not keeping the vaccines cool enough for mRNA. We don't know, but that's the result. Hey, George, let me use the restroom real quick. Tell everybody where okay. to find you. Okay. Um, I am George Webb, and my uh, Twitter is real George Webb one the numeral one. I just wrote two books with Addie Ads, my editor and co-author. This is about uh, a group of people uh, that I, uh, well, my travels around 24, 25 different uh, news gathering seminars, workshops called charrettes, um, and the secrets of what we learned in those charrettes are in this book. Uh, this is about one very brave woman who stood up against the whole establishment in Florida, even before the governor supported was anti-vax. Um, and changed basically the flow of the whole state of Florida, which is Savelle Edmonds. Before that, she was a whistleblower and one of the few people who've actually gone to the Supreme Court and won against the FBI. Of course, they immediately gagged her after that so she couldn't talk about her winning. Then she wrote a fictional book, which basically said everything that she couldn't say in real life. 
Um, so that's Sabelle Edmonds. And then this book is a book uh, I'm on the Duke Report every Tuesday, Thursday, and Sunday at 5 o'clock. And we go for an hour. And I talk with Peter Duke, a Hollywood creativity consultant. And he has generously lent his time to our different uh, meetings uh, with different citizen journalists. And this is the latest book that he features on what he calls the Duke Report. The Duke Report is a collection of books that change the world. And I'm, this book is a 300-page treatment on a 1,400-page book, and I'm doing a 33-page treatment on both of those books. And the great Tommy Kerrigan oh, hello. Hello, is everybody. now Welcome back. back to the show. Have you been <laughs> digesting your propaganda? Um, I, don't, I don't know why. Um, got another out of left field. Could it be that... Could it be that we are approaching, you could you could cite Ray Kurzweil and his predictions over the last 30, 50, 60 years. Could it be that we are approaching, truly approaching the age of uh, transhumanism, not just in, you know, the super wealthy. Well, now it's it's getting a little more affordable stem cell therapy, but the super, it's still like, you know, front of the line for organ transplants. And then, you know, genomic, and you can say CRISPR, which is from the get-go, but for the, you know, the old people that have the billions now, there's going to be, you know, there's designer, there's designer treatments you can get. Most of it's still technological, a stint, a pump, uh, a whatever, a, a pacemaker, uh, whatever, some hormone indicator or daily treatment, right? Um, you know, a lot of super wealthy people will go to those uh those biogerontology clinics and they'll get, you know, weekly IVs of B12 and L-glutathione and, or daily like NAD drips and human growth hormone. But what it's also showing is like we are slowly approaching just like, you know, the first radios, the first TVs, the first color TVs, right? The first cars, the Model Ts. We are, it is a new thing. The first cell phones, you know, the rich guy with the, the cell phone the size of a suitcase. We are approaching this new thing. Could it be, and I don't think, I think this would be one of the least evil things humans have done. Not to say it's not still evil, but just in, in, in the scheme of human history, every genocide out there. Could it be that exosomes are the next key, the next stepping stone to hyper longevity for individuals like a Musk, a Bezos, a whoever? And um, because the clock is running, and maybe they're 50, maybe you're 80, maybe you're 90. They don't want tiny trials here and there. Could it be they're like, let's just get the most accurate trial we can get. Let's input the data of 7 billion people. And this subscribes to an idea that, you know, they are above the world and they're kind of, and I get that that's not always an accurate picture. It's never that simple. But I also, far worse things have happened in human history I mean, the Germans, their entire justification, aside from that, they didn't believe the Jewish people were actually even humans. They said they appeared human. They have ears and eyes, which is just so fucked up. But their whole thing was not only that, we need to research on them. You know, our, our Luftwaffe boys are, you know, they're freezing in the Atlantic when they bail out. And, you know, so that's why we need to do this hypothermia research on Jews. And can we freeze you and unfreeze you? Can we use glycol and alcohol and all sorts, and it was for the war front, it was for the war effort. Can we test a pervitin, you know, a tabletized meth, which they would use on, and this is from Norman Oler's uh, Blitz, they would use on Jews at, I don't know, I think it was Treblinka or something, they had like a track, like a 400 meter track, and they actually, 
I mean, it's kind of you, you gotta you, you gotta admire the thoroughness of the test, and surely I'm sure that will be taken out of context one day. But they would actually <laughs> the, the percentage of the crack the, the track. Some of it was rubber, some of it was pavement, some of it was pebble, some of it was grass, some of it was mud, some of it was hilly. Just on one, like gym size track or like you know high school size track, was actually in the same proportion of what overall roads were in Europe, so that they could get an average take of how long shoes lasted. So they put two different shoes on Jews of different theoretical designs, boots for the Germans, for the Wehrmacht. How would they stand up on these different things? And because time was of the essence, they would just run the Jews a hundred hours straight until you dropped. So instead of doing a mile a day, they'd do, I don't know, a hundred miles a day and you get their data that much faster and then kill two birds with one stone. They'd also be testing endurance drugs on them different mixtures of uh, of Coke and meth and LSD and blah, blah, blah. We've seen that in the last 77, or the war ended 77 years ago. We'll call it, I don't know, we'll, we'll call it 83 years, so from 39 forward. We've seen that there are people alive today who were alive at that time. It's not even some ancient idea of like, well, the Egyptians thought that they were gods and they had, no, 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 no. This happened when when heavier-than-air flight was 30, 40 years old. This is right in the rear view. My grandmother, rest her soul, was alive during that time. She was a kid. It's right there. It is right there. Could it be that, for whatever justification, maybe they're a true believer, and they believe that this is for the evolution of mankind, that this is bigger than nation-states and individual human rights? Or it could be some, it could be DARPA saying the U.S. empire must go on. It could be China saying we must usurp the great Satan. There is something going, there could be something going on, whether it's true believers drinking the Kool-Aid or whether it's just, you know, the guys at the very top, they're like, oh, Beyonce, I just don't give a fuck. Could that be yeah. going on? Could there? And I know that is a giant hypothesis, but could it be they're looking at it like, they call them useless eaters anyway. They talk about depopulation anyway. They might be like, hey, just like the Nazis, like, hey, before we execute all these Jews, why don't we get some, like, shoe data out of them for invasions and some drug data out of them? This is precedent. And again, not ancient times. 83 years ago is right there. Could it be that that's going on now? You got some people going, we're going to kill off all these fuckers anyway once a strong AI and robotics come online. Let's do the research. We got 7 billion of them. Everybody's in lockstep. We'll just mandate it. But if you want to ever take part in society again. I know that was a, a yeah a mouthful, no, but no, that's that's great. Uh, uh, there was a PATH Foundation. It was called the PATH Foundation, and uh, they were going to Epstein's Island. That's always a good start. Oh, yeah, and Fergie, um, you know the the royals are in the news. Fergie, the Duchess of York, was going down with this doctor named Eric Braverman, and they were sort of doing this thing. They would trot out uh, Stephen Hawking and say he should have been dead at 18. He looked at him, he's 70 now or 60 or whatever, how old. And they were talking about longevity and the Ray Kurzweil issues, uh, you know, type of things. And the first day is super vitamins and, and exercise and so forth. The second day gets into, well, shouldn't you have a couple of organ transplants on, on hot standby mm -hmm. uh, if you're David Rockefeller or whatever. And then third day gets into this more future type stuff. But you're right. The reason why, and, and it does kind of, you hear Ray Kurzweil's talk. It's like if your carburetor goes out, you don't throw away your car. If your heart goes out, 
Um, you don't, you shouldn't have to die, you know, David Rockefeller, you know? Sure. I mean, no, I'm, so, I'm not being sarcastic. I mean, he has some ideal points. Why should, does death have to be a constant? I mean, yeah. I mean, it could be considered a failure. So sure. what, just like you would do maintenance on a car, uh, let's say a carburetor you used to spray in the little gum out, you know, to keep your, uh, this is in the old days. I don't know what it is now with the injectors, but, uh, but you keep the, them clean. And so you spray in there a little bit and then it keeps them clean and you don't, your car keeps running. Um, well, the same idea with exosomes. If you send in the messages, um, there are sort of a ticket to ride ticket for every cell you have called telomeres and telomeres are basically a punch ticket. Mm -hmm. And after your cells divide so many times, let's say a hundred divisions, I think it is, that's it. The cell programs itself to die so that you don't make bad genetic copies. Well, you could reprogram those to say, Hey, you know what? Let's press reset. You know, when, when I was a little kid, they used to have little uh, rides that were outside of the grocery store that you could put a quarter in and It'd be a spaceship that would ride or whatever. We'd go like this thinking we were controlling the spaceship. It wasn't. It was just going back and forth. But we'd throw another quarter in before it, it, the, the game stopped. And you could keep feeding quarters. Those kids, you know, with, you know, it wasn't quarters. It was nickels uh, back then. But, but you get the idea is you could keep sending the messages to the cell to say, no, another hundred divisions here. Or have it send messages to its neighboring cells to make more of those. If you need more heart pumping ability, then make more myocytes. If you need more support, make more parasites, uh, pericytes, I should say, et cetera. Uh, and just have any kind of diagnostic test and send any kind of exosome message. We're learning, this is the key, we're learning with this mRNA how to send these messages. So we don't need the exosome anymore after mRNA. And that is just too promising of a regenerative medicine. The exosomes are currently being used in regenerative medicine already. So this isn't something I'm dreaming up here. They're, they're currently using exosomes. And what they're doing is seeing uh, stem cells, putting in stem cells who are getting a message from the neighbors where they're injected. And that coaxes or coaches those cells to be those different things. Now, there's two different main kind of stem cells that I'm familiar with in involved in different tissues. One is called mesenchymal uh, stem cells, which are mostly around the blood, uh, excuse me, arteries and so forth, and blood, you know, the uh, lymphatic system and the blood system. And then there's these uh, pluripotent, which means they can be almost anything, stem cells. The uh, inducible pluripotent is the one they use in the laboratory. So IPSC, IPSCs and MSCs are the two big ones that seem to be where most of the research is. And they're doing this in the laboratories. It's not going to be long before they start doing it in animal models, I'm sure, and then doing it in human models. Regenerative medicine is this in humans. So this isn't something that's uh, speculation. Uh, it's, it's happening now, and I think it's going to happen a lot more of it. And, and the promise, like you said, uh, the Nazis were willing to kill people to know how long shoes would last. What would the Nazis have paid to live forever mm -hmm. and just be the ruling kind of Oracle of Delphi and be 90, if you know, they could truly do the thousand year, right? Yeah. And be the guy, you know, if they could anything. remain healthy and young, you know, why not? 
I mean, yeah, you got to look back at like, I mean, what do they do even, you know, kind of quote unquote olden times, right? It's like cryogenic. If I die, freeze me, right? I mean, I remember in like 2003 or two reading, like I was obsessed with like biogerontology in like middle school and high school, like a, like a totally normal kid. And I remember reading about like a supplement called Juvenon, which was actually, and then, you know, they sold it for like $12,000, but it was actually just acetyl L-carnitine and alpha-lipoic acid. Two, you can go buy them at Walmart for like a dollar for like a month. And it showed like increased lifespan in like mice and dogs. And it is, it, it, it's a, you know, they're very powerful antioxidants. And then a bunch of studies with resveratrol, right? That's the, uh, one of the uh, compounds found in red wine and it activates the, I can never remember what it is. It's, it's either the S, S1RT or SIRT, the CERT1 gene or something, which is one of the few things to actually show increased lifespan. And then uh, another big one is, and these are all the ones that have clinically shown increased lifespan, not to cure an illness, but to just increase the average lifespan. It's alpha-lipoic acid and acetyl-L-carnitine. It's resveratrol, as well as a massive caloric deficit, not even dieting. You know, dieting, you never want to go on more of a 500-calorie deficit because after that, it takes 3,500 calories to lose a pound of fat or to gain a pound of fat, but you never want to lose more than 500 in a day because past that, your body starts to burn lean muscle mass, which actually starts to decrease your caloric engine, which is the very thing you're using to, so it's a self, not important right now, but beyond even that, it's, you know, eating like 1200 calories a day shows the body does go into survival mode. It actually changes the, like the rules that we know as steadfast actually start to change. You actually start to burn less calories. Your body goes into survival mode. And we know that, and that one's wild. That one, you can get like a 40% increase in life in mice. Now, granted, if you want to do it, you're going to look sickly. There are people that do it, like Aubrey de Grey. I mean, they look they look rail thin, but, you know, all their biological markers technically are, are good, and it shows them being younger. Those are like the first steps. After that is like heavy, heavy supplementation, intravenous supplementation. After that is pluripotent stem cells. After that is organ transplants, whether or not you're rich enough to just have, you know, a farm full of Chinese people under your under your estate or you're having them grown specifically, which I'm sure some really wealthy people could do. Um, after this will be uh, actually genetically engineering your body and or uh, artificially producing organs that maybe loosely resemble our organs but are more efficient, right? A modern-day Bugatti doesn't look like a Model T. And then after that is the idea of nanobots. I think that's called the third bridge. Each one of these are called bridges because it helps you get to the next. And the golden spot is the escape longevity velocity taken from like orbital mechanics is that you want to get to a point where you're adding a, a year of life or you, you want to be adding 366 days to your life every 365 days because now you've quote unquote broken even. So long as you don't get hit by a car. Sorry, I know I'm rambling right now. This is on Kurzweil's books, uh, Transcendence and the Singularity is Near. You want to keep using one to get to the other, to get to the other, right? It's bringing, it's making a business, Elon with a Zip2 or PayPal, and then you bring it back to the table and you make another company. And then you take all those profits and you bring it back to the table and you make another company. But these people are so hellbound to do this because you have, as long as far as we know, you get one life. And they'll do anything to push this. They'll spend $100,000 a month on, and you look them up, these biogerontology clinics. I think there are a lot of them in like Denver or something. I don't know why there. The, the idea that they wouldn't, if they have found something that potentially holds the cure, 
Yet, if Nazis are willing to do it for nationalism, these Davos billionaires... I've got a bridge to sell you if you don't think they'll throw away a hundred million lives just to figure this shit out faster. Well, this isn't speculation with Epstein. Epstein was flying to the Zorro Ranch. They gave the presentations on longevity there. They oh, yeah. act, they actively encouraged uh, the sperm banking so that they would have... They wanted an army of kids, yeah. Army of kids. Kissinger is part of this. Um, this all DOE, Q-level clearance. But the idea is, hey, you know, um, I'll have a bunch of Hamiltons. A lot of people say George Washington fathered... Uh, Alexander Hamilton when he went on a kind of a spring, uh, not not true, but really? it went, went on a spring break trip. Yeah, he went on a spring break trip to the Caribbean. Damn, I mean, that, 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 that could George be. George Washington just fucking shotgunning natties and, and, and slapping Eight, ass. 18. With, with 18 Con, years with later. Con, with Kanye stunners on. Yeah. 18 years later, who's running the artillery for the whole, uh, you know, Revolutionary War? 18 years old, running all of artillery for the Revolutionary yeah. uh, Army. Anyway, don't want to get off on that. But but the idea was for a while, have a Hamilton. <clears throat> Go down and sire five or six kids because you might need that that kidney one day that doesn't react. You might need that uh, whatever lung or heart or whatever. But but we're getting past that. This, Like you said, it's a bridge technology. I read uh, Ray Kurzweil, Singularity is Near. Yeah, Aubrey de Grey, I can't believe he's still alive, and I wouldn't want to live like Aubrey de Grey. I was going to say, is he still alive? Last time I saw a picture of him was like 15 years ago, and he looked like Gandalf had undergone, undergone chemo. But no, yeah, I know not a good... fucking shade on people with cancer. I'm not trying to make fun of that, but you're like, you look at him and you're like, is this healthy? Yeah, you see, like, I would not want to be alive. I'd he was like be... building muscle and and then working out. He's like actually decreases your life. And I'm like, I'm looking at like a picture of just like a healthy guy who's just throwing out a hundred push-ups. I'm like, I want to be that. And then you see him, and he's like, I'm the ideal man. And I'm like, dude, no, <laughs> no you're, you're not. And and if no, you are, not. I don't want to be that. I don't want to be that. I would rather do hundred push-ups and get. I'd rather be. You know, I'd rather die in a handle of bullets in yeah. Daily Plaza. Yeah. yeah. Like, what? Uh, doing the right thing. Oh, you know? oh JFK. I was, I was, yeah, I was yeah. Like, do was do like, the right thing is gotcha. what I'm trying. I, I don't like, want to be hiding away, wasting, so I can live Kissinger. another day. I'd rather. Yeah. 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 And Kissinger is is this this is the program, right? I mean, Kissinger, D- David Rockefeller wanted to be on this program, you know, Dick Cheney seems to be on this program, Wolfowitz wants to be on this program. There's, there's a cadre of Project for a New American Century guys that think this is fine. Absolutely. So, you know, that's what they are calling the Project for the New American Century. It's not taking over everybody who has oil. It's getting to the next century. Gee, you're right. <laughs> you know? Or there's another one, and it's, uh, yeah, and it's, like, yeah. It's, they just replaced the words, kind of like Eisenhower with the mock legislation instead of, you know, you know, barring a, a new Pearl Harbor. It's like barring a new worldwide pandemic where we can massively research mRNA technology. Maybe. That's what we got. Um, just just to bring it back down to ground, um, I am working with this guy who invented single-strand uh, single PCR. So Carrie Mullins did double-stranded. This is single-stranded for cancer research and telomere research. And telomeres is the name of the game in aging. Uh, so I'm working with the best people and asking a lot of questions. Um, 
he watches you, Tommy. He says Tommy should be a doctor. Um, I agree with him. It's it's it, he, he doesn't want to divulge his name because he doesn't want to be gotcha. uh, trolled. But uh, I call him Scott Brilliant, Doctor Scott Brilliant, um, and uh, he's yeah, worked with Dr. a lot. Scott Brilliant, thanks for watching. Yeah, and he, he says, "Why isn't Tommy a doctor?" Um, but I, he is a big telomere guy, and I'll be bringing you more as we do this research. And I'm going over all the exosome stuff with him, PhD in biochemistry, worked with some of the top Nobel laureates like Tom Check, uh, who ran Howard Hughes Medical Institute, came up with, what did Tom Check come up with? I can't remember, telomere, I think, telomerase, binding protein, I think, TBD, maybe, I can't remember. But I do remember he ran Howard Hughes Medical Institute. So, so we're getting a lot of feedback. I'll have more for you on the next podcast, I guess, is more my promise to you. Yeah. Um, yeah, you look at a, well, Rockefeller's dead, but yeah, you look at a Kissinger or a, I mean, how old is Dick Cheney now? I mean, getting up there. I think he's in his nineties, maybe eighty, late eighties. Dick Cheney's late eighties. Yeah, I mean, right. The first thing is like to get all the money. That's like the first, the human, you know, the 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 drive, the the, the bloodthirsty. It doesn't have to be bloodthirsty, but you know, that's the first. I want to get that. A lot of people will get money, and then you see them kind of change course, and they get a family, and they find something fulfilling. But for the people that keep pressing that dopamine button, right, like the mice and those meth tests or, or you on, the, on the, the, the little ride outside the grocery store, they keep pressing the button. And when a billion doesn't do it and 10 billion don't do it, and really once you're past 10 billion, I mean, well, you can have a private Airbus A380, a 600-foot yacht. You're basically given – you're basically greeted in nations as a head of state. What's after that? Well, then they get power. That's the next, that's the next high whether it's power to run countries or to architect wars or to overthrow governments. That's the next one. After that, it's longevity. It's how do you just keep this game running? And I don't... It says here that Ch Cheney was born in 41, which would only make him 83. I find that hard to believe. I think they won, won the clock back Me a little too, bit yeah. there. I know Kissinger. But, but, yeah. But yeah, and that you know, usually Freemasons they say you're not allowed to live past 99 because there's 33 uh, levels in the top of the or in the bottom of the pyramid, but then there's another 66 below, you know, that you can't see, and then are the covert ones. So 99 is supposed to be as far as you go as a Freemason. Now, Billy Graham. Let's check what his birthday is. Sorry, keep going. Yeah, so I, you know, and they're supposed to willingly decide how to tap out. Uh, so. We'll see if Kissinger lives up to his. Uh, the Queen was getting up there, ninety six. Yeah. So, but supposedly, I had a a guy whose father was like a sixty five or sixty six degree Mason tell me this. Uh, so it could be bullshit or it could be the the truth. But they said no more than ninety nine because it it upsets the apple cart. It's not the perfect pyramid anymore. Um. Do you think, and now we're kind of waiting into like, the, and, uh, and so Kissinger was born on May 27th, 1923. So next May will be his 99th birthday or 100th birthday. So we'll see. Um, now we're kind of getting a little more into, I guess I would say the occult. And I know we got to wrap this one up.